Hello and welcome back to the Golden Hurricast, a weekly podcast covering Golden Hurricane Athletics at the University of Tulsa. I'm Ryan Token. I'm Matt Rectine. And I'm Pat Fox. <laughs> Sorry, I'm Pat Fox. It's okay. Uh, Tulsa showed some real power on the road this week, this last week, going 2-0 at ECU and at Tulane. Uh, we are now tied with Houston for first in the American at 4-1, but we have the tiebreaker over them um, with the win over them. I guess that was just a week ago basically like saturday right last saturday yep, yep. um and so looking really good conference wise this is a huge week massive week for tu we've got memphis it's currently 39 ken palm at home uh, on wednesday that's at eight o'clock and then we travel to yukon who is 78 in ken palm on sunday afternoon it should be a really fun week so let's get started stay golden hurricane All right, so let's jump in right uh, right away. We are 12-6 and six now. Uh, we're on a three-game win streak since the debacle that was the Cincinnati game uh, at Cincinnati. Uh, looking really strong. So like I said, ECU on the road was a win. Um, final score of that one was 65-49, to 49, and then we went on the road just yesterday at Tulane uh, in New Orleans, and they are 166 in Ken Palm um, and won that game. And I was honestly kind of surprised that Tulane was 166. I know they've won significantly more games than expected so far this season but um ecu was like significantly lower than them in ken palm at 240 so either way uh 2-0 on the road in any game is always a good thing so very happy to see that what were your guys kind of overall takes on the ecu and Tulane games well just from the uh start is like who has a bigger like one year improvement ken palm wise than like Tulane <laughs> last year to this year did you were, look at what they were last year they were like 320 something dang is how they where they finished last year yeah i mean they were awful and now they're in one six that's like at least 150 60 spots jump if not more probably more but yeah i mean they fell back looks like currently they're 173 but still like unbelievable yeah. jump from last so, year that's uh that's nice to see that our conference is inching that way because even ecu is not as bad as they were last year yeah. and so the bottom of the conference is a little bit higher and maybe the top of the conference isn't reaching as high as it was last year but overall i mean it's definitely still a better average kempom rating this year i think i mean to go on the road and win those both of those games is pretty strong like it doesn't look you if you just looked at the schedule and say oh they beat ecu at ecu and two lane at two lane doesn't look great but both those teams have actual talent on their team like the uh if you listen to the episode last week uh when i talked to the sports objective guys um they one of the comments that blew me away was they said that they so they talked they get to go to the practices and all this stuff whatever they talked to their ecu's like play-by-play announcer did you hear me say this on the interview mm-hmm. um talked to the play, play-by-play guy and who's been doing it for them for 20 years been in sports longer than that obviously um saying the play-by-play announcer said who's been talking about them for two decades plus said that this is the most talented team like on an individual basis that ecu has ever had and I like clarified, like, are you, like you mean like, to, like, ever? And they said, yeah, like in in the twenty plus years he's been there, probably ever. Um, I don't want to be is, a dick, I mean, but that says more about how bad East Carolina <laughs> basketball has been. If you look at like their history, yeah. the best they've ever been is like a sixteen seed. Is that right? Uh, let me look it up. Okay. I think they made the tournament twice. Yeah, I mean, still, but like, I mean, even even if that's the case, um, the the reason being is they only had the one guy returning, right? So they had Jaden Gardner coming back and. That guy is a stud on his own. And then they yeah. had all these transfers, 11 new guys, only one person from last year's team still on the team, which is crazy. So they started off two and seven, right? Because they had all these new guys. Nobody was there. Uh, nobody was gelling. And then six and one after that. So that brought him to eight and eight when we played them. And we then we, we cut off their win streak. Um, so really strong. Like held Jaden Gardner also under to 20 points, which I think was the first time in eight something, eight games maybe. Uh, and he also was on a big streak of double doubles and we held and that was the first time he hadn't gotten a double double in a long time uh, so really just awesome stuff from us against them yeah i mean and it seems like we talked about this the key to our strength lies in our defense that's what it yeah. like shutting people down and pat was talking to me about this like uh 
our defense was probably helped by the fact that the three-point line is switched this year, mm-hmm. right? Pat, you want to... Well, yeah, I, 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 I noticed this this when I was looking at Ken Palm. Then our one of our four listeners, Tulsa Hop, <laughs> tweeted this, um, talking about how that helped us too. But yeah, so we're like twenty third in opponent three point field goal percentage. With yeah, you can defend it to an extent, you know, with closeouts and whatnot. But it is kind of a random stat. Like, there's not really a cure all for that. Yeah, um, and they're shooting twenty nine percent against us. Horrible. Right. So that's like really lucky for us in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um. And it doesn't really hurt us because we're not good at shooting threes anyway. So moving it like, what, like a foot, or not a foot, but like a little bit back does not really, when you suck at shooting threes, moving it that back doesn't really affect it that much. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they went two of 26 on the three-point line. East Carolina did, and Tulane also, I don't remember. They, they shot they under 30%. Yeah, six of 25, it looks yeah. like. So it does it does help us in our sense of defense because I think like Hayes defense, obviously it's a zone. Mm-hmm. And I mean, zones, basically all they want you to do is shoot threes. Right. Um. So yeah, it it's a little thing, but it's like the one thing because really, like I mean, you look at our team; we're even worse three point shooting team this year because we were actually kind of good last year. But th- so we're so bad; it's like whatever. In in a sense, on offense and on defense, it just makes like a world of difference. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, um, just like on an individual basis for that East Carolina game, uh, Rochelle could not be stopped. Like he did whatever he wanted, pretty much the entire game. Twenty one points, seven to twelve shooting. Uh, Ken Palm had it as a, as a 130 offensive rating. Um, no problems getting to the bus, getting to the basket. Could do anything the entire game. Uh, nobody could stop him. And that's pretty much how it's been for the last several games for him, uh, which is really encouraging. That's how it's been basically all season, honestly. Um, but to see him do that on the road, especially, even better. And then Horn, 149 offensive rating, 14 points, 5 of 7 shooting. Uh, Darian Jackson hit another 3, which keeps happening. Didn't he hit one against Tulane, too? Yeah. He's, on a, yeah. he's, on a, he's got like three in a row. Yeah. Three games in a row. I mean, this is, uh, it is. God, it's, I cannot. It's impossible to not get incredibly excited. Honestly, he, he might you might want to slow it down or we'll lose him. <laughs> yeah. He'll just, just, just like move on. He's, the, he's unlocked the last piece. Yeah. Since putting True. Horn, especially going back, since we put Horn in the starting lineup, if you take out the Cincinnati game, which is basically just a horrible game for everybody. Yeah. Um, he's had an offensive rating of 111 or higher, including 135, 149, 130. And scored double digits in every game that we won. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that was like I don't, I don't know. I've, I know there's just some weird things, and it was just like it, it was kind of strange that we benched our best returning player, yeah, and all that stuff. But it's good to see him back in the lineup, yeah, starting lineup. Sure. I think it's yeah, his shooting is so yeah. It's when when you're so bad at shooting, something like that is so important. Yeah, I mean, yeah, what you just said is totally right. When when you've got nobody else on the team, basically that you can count on to hit threes regularly. Yeah, if he's off, it is bad news for our team and scoring points. Uh, so yeah, we need to see him continuing to improve, and he's doing that. Like he's been playing really well recently. He played well both games this week. Um, and I guess we can get on to Tulane a little bit. But like, man, like Tulane, another thing. Uh, they have a ton of talent on their team individually too. They. Uh, I don't remember how many players actually returned. Not very many. Um, a bunch of transfers in. So yeah, they got the Kansas guy, right? Yeah, KJ, KJ Lawson. Lawson yeah. And he was, so he started at Memphis, if you remember. Yeah. Uh, under his brother Smith. Diedrich, yeah. 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 And so they both they both went to Kansas. Yeah. I don't know where is Diedrich. He's in the, is he in the NBA G now? League. Okay, G League. Yeah. Uh, but KJ went from Memphis to Kansas, and then Kansas to Tulane, which is quite a jump there. But um, maybe he has a history with Ron Hunter. I don't really know well, how that happened. Yeah, and the issue was he like was testing the waters for the draft is what I heard. And then they just said that he decided that he wanted to come back and Kansas was like, Oh, uh, we don't have a spot for you oh, on our roster. And so that's why he was able to like transfer and not have to sit is out. Is that allowed? <laughs> that's weird. That's a strange where it's like, Oh, you can't go to school here anymore. I mean, I bet it's more like, Oh, uh, you should encourage him. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. You probably can't. Yeah. And yeah, I bet yeah. they couldn't say like, you shouldn't, like you have to leave but he's yeah. like why would he want to stay a place that right. didn't want him um yeah but i mean he played everybody who is typically good for two lines still had a pretty good game like kj lawson had 15 points um uh, they've got a georgia transfer too and Tashawn hightower and he had 14 points he did turn it over three times though and then another guy who i i think he's a rhode island transfer uh christian thompson um those kind of those are their, their kind of three core power guys and he had he had 10 points uh but another two turnovers and something I heard during the game that I didn't realize, uh, Ron Hunter apparently only plays like two guys off the bench. Like he basically sticks to his starting five mm-hmm. all game and yeah. then brings in these two guys just for breathers and stuff. Uh, so they're not super deep at Tulane. Um, they do have talent though. And so to get that one on the road, um, 
I think the key to yeah the key to both games were it was they're like easy they were convincing wins yeah yeah for sure I mean which what, why I got, think that's why it helped our Ken Palm rating so much yeah compared to like last year where it take us like a buzzer beater to be a team like South Florida you know yeah true and then we lose <laughs> we went to overtime against DCU on the road last year exactly yeah exactly so we yeah, get exactly. these like, not even get close to overtime this time as and well. like Tulane like led us by a good margin last year for oh yeah that table. first half like yeah. we were down I okay was like, yeah so I didn't get to watch the first half what like why were we we're just what was happening we were just slow like so did it get off to like an 11 to 0 or something uh, like that well probably it didn't help that our, our first four possessions we tried to do ugbo post-ups oh really yeah it was bad then yeah. like Rashad was missing a lot and that's and the, kind of like and that's the thing so it's kind of like it's a dual-edged sword because i really like having ugbo start because it makes igbanu so much better mm-hmm. but we're going to get off to slower starts because ugbo is just not yeah. there offensively. Should, like when he sets a pick for joiner it's like it, I don't know how much of it, it. It was such a weird thing where it's like, Joiner would be like, "Hey, come set a pick," and then Joiner would just go around the pick and stand at the three point line and do nothing. It's just yeah. like the defense is like, our guys can't drive because whoever's defending Ugbo doesn't have to respect them. Yeah, interesting. Um, it's yeah, it's just he's he's a he's a literal zero on offense. He got <laughs> he got like he got the ball right next to the hoop, missed a layup, got his offensive rebound, and missed another layup. It was oof, man, right at the beginning. There? It was t- yeah, jeez, it was tough. Um. I don't know. It's him, and I, yeah, I still don't love our starting lineup. Even though I like that they went to Igbano off the bench, mm-hmm. as great as he is in some ways, it's still just like uh, Creed has been struggling recently. Yeah, his minutes have been going down though. Yeah, he, mean, just, yeah. Represent, I, I, he just he just hasn't been showing up in the stat sheet at all. Like I haven't even been paying attention to him as much in games. What were his numbers? Do you have that up? Like two, how much his minutes last couple game. games? Yeah. Tulane, he played sixteen minutes. He had two oh, points, wow. two turnovers, two rebounds. Oh, dang. So not that good. Uh, and for ECU, he played twenty six. So okay, but kind of was normal there. So I'm yeah, a little bit normal, like, but. I mean, you still had, like, Jackson came off the bench and played 32. Right. Compared to that. So. And, I mean, I saw, I think I saw, I don't have it up right now, but I think I saw that Ugbo only played, like, 10 total minutes after starting the game against Tulane, right? Didn't Igbanu have a ton because uh, he was rolling? Yeah. And Ugbo, uh, had, like, Ugbo had 11 yeah. minutes. Yeah. And, I mean, Igbanu only had 23, oh, which is, like, yeah. surprising because, like, last week we were, Haith was riding Igbanu against Houston and he played, like, 36 right. minutes. And so to put up 19 points on only 23 minutes is pretty impressive. Yeah. And we played a lot of game without either of our centers. Yeah, which true. we should do more often. I mean, Igbanu did have a great game, though. I mean, like, it was he really did, good. No. Uh, like, we always talk about how good he is at getting fouled, uh, and he gets fouled all the time. He went 11 of 12 from the free throw line, which is yeah. so nice. Like, yeah, that is, that's, that's the issue is, like, he's yeah. been getting the, drawing the fouls, but he hadn't been making them. Right. And now to go from, like, below 70 to 92 today. That's impressive. Yesterday. Also, so... Just kind of a thing with Corita. Sorry, go back to it. He's historically just been bad in conference play. Really? Yeah. If you look at his numbers, he was a negative. Uh, he was a minus ten net rating Dang. in conference last year. He was a plus two in his sophomore year. Then he was a. It was his freshman year, so you know, take it with a cup of tea. Um, <laughs> but he was a minus forty two net rating. Ouch. Um, in conference, and let's see this. Yeah, he's he career has shot twenty seven percent from three in conference, which is basically the only thing he's good at. So. Yeah. Like explain to me then, like why would that be the case? Is it just because I think the athletic, our, our I think the, schedule I think the athletic much... talent increases compared to non-conference play when there is some, you know, when we play some of the bigger schools, but there's a lot of cupcakes in there mm-hmm. with guys I think more on his level athletically, and I really think he just can't hang with guys who are like far superior, which is physically, yeah. And it kind of surprising then because the two teams that you would consider quote cupcake teams for this are the ones that we just played against and he didn't really well show much i don't know how much about ecu but like token said like i think i mean Tulane has a lot of like guys who can jump out of the gym and just like good athletes yeah so that's like it's just it's just a weird even so like when we're playing like teams like that or even like south florida who's just like huge and i mean like yukon too who's not doing great right now but they have a bunch of all these guys who are really good athletes and i think it's just when you're not, and especially if your shots aren't falling, he's just kind of his other his weaknesses like just show up so much more. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if his minutes kind of stuck around. I mean, I would. I guess I would be a little bit surprised if they stuck around whatever he had against Tulane sixteen or whatever it was. Um, I mean, it's not like yeah, it's still it's 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 like who you're gonna replace him with? Yeah, Josh Hurley. I don't know. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. I um, I, the only thing that would make sense is to give like Isaiah Hill more minutes, and he's not exactly like blowing the doors off. 
Yeah, he's got a lot of growing to do still. Um, I do like him still as a player, but yeah, I do. He's, he's got plenty of growth to go through. Um, but overall, I mean, Tulane game was obviously like just very solid win. Uh, a lot of players we talked about Igbani a lot. Horn had 16 points. I think he, I think Horn had the best offensive rating. I don't have that in front of me right now, but he had a great game. No, it was probably Igbani. Uh, yeah, Igbani yeah. had 159. Horn yeah. was a 133. Man, God, so great Igbani numbers. was easily he, best offensive, best defensive. I believe was it best Delta. Igbani, was, Rochelle, yeah. and Horn kind of like going off net rating. Yeah, carried the team in that one. I know like the three starters. Obviously, Ugbu is just like zero at this point but yeah. uh joiner and Karita struggled too yeah i mean yeah joiner uh i think he had like three steals against east carolina which was a that's a weird trend he's been stealing it way more than he used to but i think he only had what did that i had that stat Tulane. earlier we're like one of the top teams in steal percentage yeah and well, we, we got guys are, we, are we also one of the top teams in turnover percentage we did have a ton of uh, uh not a ton but a couple like huge dunks late in that game um i think it was jackson and rochelle and man, one of them was an oop to Jackson, and then one was a kind of breakaway follow up dunk by Rochelle. And oh man, God, those were huge. And just the game was basically already over when both of those happened, but just a momentum booster uh, at the end of the game, especially being on the yeah. road doing that. It is kind of nice to see our team kind of like take the identity of our, what in my opinion, our two best players. Yeah, for sure. You would agree, I think it's Rochelle and Jackson. Yeah. Um, just sit, what, we're at 66 in adjusted defensive efficiency on Ken Palm right now. Which is like we were not even close to that these last couple of years, right? And then obviously we steal the ball a ton, and the bad part we're bad at shooting threes, but we're also good at three point defense and all these things. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of nice, like I don't know. I feel like it's the first time we've actually kind of had an identity in a long time instead of just being yeah, like it's a, nice, <laughs> just nothingness. I know. Um, I was looking at Ken Palm yesterday and was looking at the defensive statistics and stuff like that. And uh, you can filter by conference, you know, like conference yeah. play versus national play. And man, we're like top three in so many defense categories, some of them number one. Um, and it's really cool uh, to see that, especially with you got some good defensive teams in this in this league. Like Memphis is great at defense. Houston's great at defense. Um, it's really nice to see us up playing with those guys on that level. So hopefully we can keep doing that. Um, the concerning thing, like we've talked about a little bit, turnovers and stuff. Everybody against against Tulane, everyone on the team, everybody had a, had at least one turnover, including including Josh Early, who played three minutes. Uh, like he, so I don't even remember that happening. But apparently he came in and uh, turned the ball over Horn, once, which was like Horn didn't have a turnover according to Basketball Reference. Really? Um, let me. Uh, pretty sure I saw what was happening with my iPad. Right not to take away from your point, but everybody else did. Against, uh, oh, yeah, you're right, Horn. I don't know. I missed that. Everybody but else did. still, Josh Horn. Early also had a turnover in his three minutes. I know, yeah. E- ECU, everybody had a turnover except Josh Early. <laughs> so he really he felt left out after the first yeah. game. There you go. You got to get yourself on the stat sheet a little bit, you know. Um, but, yeah, overall, really solid week. I mean, you can never complain about going 2-0 on the road, no matter who it is. So that's always always good, especially when they're both double-digit wins. I mean, um, don't never say never because sometimes I, I like to complain. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll, uh, you can be the designated <laughs> complainer when we go 2-0 on the road. I'll let you have that one. Um, okay, Faith and Haith. Pat, what do you got? You said you got a good one this week. So Okay, excited. yeah, thanks for building. I'm hyping it up. Yeah, you got a little uh, up to it. I'd say right now, my faith in Haith is that, like, somebody came up to me like, God, hey, Pat, Pat, did you see? Frank Haith, he made wine out of fermented grapes. <laughs> it's like, that's how that, that's, like, that's what you're supposed to do. That makes sense. Yeah. That's right. just a normal thing. And that's what I feel like after these two wins and people are like, oh, we're number one in the conference. Well, yeah, we beat two of the worst teams in the conference. Yeah. It's just, like, next week when he has to make water or wine out of water against Memphis and Connecticut, then, you know, next Saturday against Wichita State um it's gonna be a lot harder so i think that's the actual real test right now i'm just kind of like it's annoying like yeah even how bad like your expectations were so low that when he did something that's like should definitely like, people are like oh we're top 100 in ken palm we yeah we shouldn't be out of the 100 like, we should we should be expected to do that right it's just the expectations are so low right now that it's you know it's positive thinking and that's what frank haith is great at <laughs> yeah just taking you down so low so that everything looks, looks great good. yeah looks so much better it's brilliant i did it i do it all the time too it's 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 a great <laughs> it's a great way to live your life but it sucks yeah i mean it's a good point us. if you look at it from more just like an overall level like beating those two teams on the road like those are probably the two worst teams in the conference maybe south florida's down there this year possibly too ucf but they're they're definitely in that tier 
Um, so, you know, it's fun to be excited about it right now, but really like if we're still at number one in the conference after this coming week, then we can, then, then we can I'll be like, that, then I'll be like, yeah. okay, okay. You should still be fired. But you... <laughs> maybe, maybe another I, one year extension. I'm like, I'm at the point where, <laughs> so like my dad's text texted me. I told you guys, he's just like, Frank has those hurricane playing well. I'm like, yeah, I didn't respond. Cause I don't want, cause I like, you know, I want Tulsa to win, but at what cost? And so Tulsa can win the national championship game, and I'll still be – I will be like, yeah, that's great, but, like, can we fire Frank Haith, please? No, you wouldn't. I, no, I would. I honestly would. No, you would not. Yes, I would. No, you wouldn't. Yes, I would. Imagine <laughs> what we could have done with a better coach, though. Okay, look at this. so look at this. this. I was looking at this earlier. Um, I, I, I again, don't think – I, I will list. say I would be all aboard keeping Haith if, we, if he took God, us I to a title. So. You guys are insane. <laughs> I would – I would be – I'd be okay if he got – He. I mean, he's Frank Haith. He'd probably just leave But, I mean, job. that's – it's um, true, but uh, you can't just like just, you got to stick to your guts. The one guy, the, the one guy that Tulsa Hobb wants us to hire from is it East Tennessee State? Yeah, Steve, Steve Forbes. Forbes. Yeah, they're doing really good Dude, this they year. They just pulled off. They're fifty. A, they're fifty-eight in Ken Palm, and they beat yeah. LSU. Who, LSU? Is that, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I knew they beat somebody big recently. So that guy who could be our coach, real realistically, because I feel like Tulsa's a much better job than East Tennessee State. No offense, East Tennessee State fans, if you're listening, <laughs> um, which I don't know why you are. Uh, but yeah, it's they're listening. They're worried about losing their coach to Tulsa. To Tulsa, yeah. yeah. Plus, they're scouting out potential NCAA tournament matchups. <laughs> yeah. Mm, yeah, that. Uh, there you go. Are they going to be the one, and we'll be the sixteen? Um, <laughs> nah, it'll be that twelve, twelve. Oh yeah, well, last four. Last, in. last four. Yeah, in. We can't get. The, we can't be a last four in if we win our conference tournament, um, which that will never happen. Never know, man. We got the athletes this year. That's for sure. Uh, okay, so let's move on. So we we mentioned huge week coming up this week, and it is indeed a huge week. We've got Memphis on Wednesday at home, uh, 39 in Ken Palm, 14-3 and three overall record. Uh, that's at Wednesday at 8 o'clock um, at the Reynolds Center, and then on Sunday. So usually we play Wednesdays and then Saturdays, but this time it's a Sunday game. We travel to UConn, uh, who is 79 in Ken Palm, 10-6 overall, and that's at 11 a.m. Um, on Sunday. So... Interesting little note before we dive into each team specifically. We play the number one and number two recruiting classes in our conference, and they are also the number one nationally in UConn and number 18 nationally from last year in recruiting classes uh, this week. So Memphis number one, UConn number 18 overall, the top two from the conference. Um, Tons of stud players this week we'll be seeing. Except there's one major difference. James Wiseman is not there. Is that what you're going to say? Oh, no. Memphis is good. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. Um, yeah, they can actually get the best out of their talent. And, you know, Penny Hardaway is, like, living off of his talents, not his brothers like Danny Hurley. <laughs> true. Um, yeah, so let's jump into Memphis first because that's on Wednesday. Uh, first one this week, 14-3, and three, like I mentioned, 8 o'clock. Um, Memphis, all about tempo. They're 17th in the country as usual. Um, not Not 17th as usual, but tempo as usual. I think last year they were also... Super, super fast. Um, they do have a problem with turnovers, though. They turn it over like 23% of the time, which is a pretty low ranking. Uh, we're somewhere around like 18 or 19 or something like that. I didn't look at it after the two-lane game, but after the East Carolina game, that's about where we were. They are number one in the country in two-point defense, so holding holding their opponents um, to 37.8% from two, and they are number two in the country in block percentage, so they block it 18% of the time. Impressive. <laughs> this is a bad matchup for us because they're very talented, you know, hot day. <laughs> um, but man, like they probably, in my opinion, they have the best player in the conference still without Wiseman and Precious. Yeah. Um, dude. He'd be my conference player of the year right now. He is balling out. Yeah. He's probably like a, he's a lottery pick. Yeah. Five star uh, player. Yeah. He was, and he's like, so he reminds me a lot. I don't know if you guys watch NBA so much, but Bam Adebayo. Yeah. He went to is Kentucky. He's in the heat now. Is he's he? in the heat. Yeah. He's okay. probably going to be an all star this year, but the similar, similar body types. Similar styles where it's just like they're six nine, they're super athletic, and there's all hustle. Yeah, um, really good on defense, really good rebounder, all this stuff. Uh, yeah, they're. I, I'm not surprised they're so good at like they're so long. It doesn't surprise me that they're so good at like two point defense and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're fast. They're we're long. only projected to lose, but we're only projected to lose by two points, which is surprising. And they're only projected their their win probability is only fifty nine percent. So that's actually a lot closer than you would think. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're very good shooting from the outside uh, so far this season. And so that matches up very nicely with our kind of defense. And we can kind of match them in the speed game. You know, not not necessarily pace of play, but like the 
quickness of our I players. say we can, yeah, we can match up with them on like the perimeter in a sense. It's going to be hard to match up down low with him, with like, because I mean, we don't want to play Ugbo more than like 10 minutes. Yeah, right. So really, it's going to be like we're going to have to keep them away from out out of the paint. I think will be the key. Yeah, we're I think a lot we're good at that, and we're a lot better rebounding team this year. Mm-hmm. I don't oh, yeah. touch on that so much, but like Rashawn and Jackson have really helped just make our team just like an actual like just average rebounding team, which yeah. is which is so helpful. I mean, it's all about hustle, and those two guys, their whole game. Yeah, like just we wouldn't beat go. Houston without that because they kill people on the boards. So I mean, I do have you know a little off brand but i do have like a good amount of faith that we could win this game i think it's a very winnable game yeah i have i actually think there's a better chance we win this one than uh go on the road to yukon and win um i don't know yukon like we own yukon I mean, we do just, uh, yeah but i think we'll beat him at home but i don't know man we all right i mean it road? is it is a hard road yeah. game to go to it's the like isn't the farthest away i guess maybe yeah, it's gotta be yeah so that's just tough especially but luckily it's a weekend so you know it's not they don't have to like go in the middle of the week while yeah. they have classes and all that stuff. That's true. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we win both, but I mean, yeah, I do. I do think, and I mean, we beat Memphis pretty. Hand, it's a way different team, but like, I I do kind of see. I think Matt would agree with this too. Like, Penny Hardaway kind of forces us to play our best game because yeah, of the way he plays. I know, and it's like, oh man, like this is what we could be, but we're just <laughs> only doing it because Memphis yeah. is playing like this, right? Which that could be good. Yeah, that was the most exciting game that oh, I yeah. went to all of last year just to watch was the when we hosted Memphis. Like, yeah, the one in Memphis was not nearly as exciting because we can't win in Memphis. Uh, but I mean, I feel like part of that is um, not for Memphis specifically, but a reason why teams are not great at playing in Tulsa is because we're the farthest. Oh, like we're one of the farther schools away from for a lot of people, especially any teams out east. Like I think that yeah, kind of I mean, just for like two Temple and Yukon. Yeah, and, and like who can't win here? Temple yeah. and Yukon. Isn't like Houston much farther away than Yukon? Right, but that doesn't apply to oh. what how they play when they play us. Oh. I'm just saying that like that makes sense on that aspect. Yeah, I and so I don't know. I just. I just thought that was yeah was a point. I, if we're saying yeah, that it's sure. hard for UConn to go here, it makes sense. Why Danny it's... Hurley's never beat Tulsa. What do you mean in in Tulsa? Danny Hurley's or or at all? No, they beat us on the road last year. We didn't play him on the road two years ago. He was the coach. coach. Last year was his first year. <laughs> yeah, really. So wow. I mean, all I'm saying is precedent. <laughs> I like it, man. That's awesome. Cool. What are the odds uh, that they Hurley and Haith actually like throw fists this year though? Hopefully, pretty high. What are the odds, dude? You, I know they're good on Ken Palm, but they're like bottom of the conference right now. I know. Yeah, they I mean, lost to South Florida too. They're eighty-eight on net. Yeah, and we're eighty-seven. Ooh, Ooh wow. they're seventy-eight on Ken Palm. So they just lost. They've had not actually. As I was about to say, they've had kind of a tough schedule. They had to play Cincy and Wichita State. They both lost to, but they lost to South Florida by fifteen. So, yeah, <laughs> I know that was at South Florida though, right? That, that that's not I'm, I'm not saying I'm just, like, <laughs> they're not they're not motivated to win any of these games like these aren't places that co- college kids want to go play at. that's true they oh my play, god that, like, they only want to yeah. play they also lost at villanova so but um yeah, but so that, that's they, a, it was an enjoyable Xavier. it was an enjoyable loss at least yeah you know big east um, god i hate uconn so much so can we talk about that while we're here just to, yeah for sure has does anybody live in the past more <laughs> uh let's see is there uh probably not like michigan fans kind of i like michigan but how are they oh just football it's like yeah um (laughs) notre dame maybe yeah probably that but man uconn fans they get like a they get like a really good point guard every couple years just pull a national championship out of their ass then are horrible for the next couple years but it's like (laughs) oh we got look how good we were back then well we'll do it again and the only reason we're bad is because it's because the teams we can't beat aren't exciting. Yeah. So we have to go to a conference and get beat by teams that are like close to us, and kids will play. They will be good again. Totally, man. I mean, it makes sense. No, it does not. It is terrible. It's very annoying. Uh, they have some of the worst like uh, people that I don't know why we follow them on Twitter, but like the No Escalator, yeah. the UConn blog, <laughs> and the No Escalator. That guy show. so arrogant or girl, whoever it is, I don't know. But um, yeah, so they'll, they'll be headed to the Big East next year. Last season in the American. Uh, one of the last two times we will play them as members of the American. Uh, they're also they're they're kind of similar to Memphis. They don't play nearly as fast, but they are very long and very athletic. Uh, number three in block percentage, and if you'll recall, Memphis is number two. So we have the number two and three nationally in block percentage. We're playing this week. 
Um, they play really good defense overall. Uh, top 50 in the country, several different categories, including like efficiency, opponent's field goal percentage, opponent turnover percentage, opponent two-point percentage, block percentage, and like two others. Um, fortunately, they're not very good on offense. Uh, very stark difference between their talent level on offense and defense. They're like top 50 in one category in offense, I think. Um, and I'm pretty sure that's only offensive rebounding percentage. Um, another team that's very good at offensive rebounding, Houston, and we played great uh, on the offensive board. I think we out-rebounded Houston when we played them at home. Um, so need to keep that going against UConn. We got a really good shot to beat them. Going on the road will be tough, but um, they do have a couple. I mean, they, they don't have that many weapons offensively like, yeah, I out, like- outside the three-point line either. Like They got a freshman this year in James Bonite, and he's a decent three-point shooter. And then Tyler Polly is like the only other one in the 30s. Nobody's close to 40%. Um, so as long as like that, that matches up well for our defense too. Uh, so hopefully we don't have any weird like anomaly games where they just shoot the lights out from the three-point line. Because um, then we got a good chance against both the, against both of these teams. So not to just to harp on how much UConn is bad again. I feel like the major, the major difference between them and Memphis is they have all these hype guys coming in. But they're like really hyped. It's Acock Acock, right? It was like yeah. their big guy. Yeah. He's like if you go if you go to the Kenpon page and you know how they they split it up between like major contributors, role players, right. blah blah blah. Acock Acock is in limited roles. Yeah, he's but he's got, uh he's twenty seventh in the country in black percentage on his own. Yeah, no, that's that's good. good. But, but yeah, like he just, also he has a he has an eighty nine off uh, offensive rating in conference. Right. Um he turns the ball over twenty five percent of the time. It's in conference, seventeen overall for the whole year. Uh, and he's just not getting like I guess more it's more on offense, but it's, he's not exactly. I mean, compared to like Precious Achua, he's like the best player in the conference. Yeah, you know, and even when James Wiseman was playing, he was awesome too. So it's just like it feels like uh, Hardaway is getting the best out of his guys, while Dan Hurley's kind of right <laughs> getting the guys, and then they're not very good, which is kind of like a UConn tradition. Yeah, <laughs> true. Um, they do have some ballers though. Like uh, just this week in general, we are playing. One five-star guy would be two if James Wiseman was still playing, and at least eight four-star players hmm. we're playing against. So Memphis has five four-star guys just in this last year's class. Um, Boogie Ellis is a four-star, 38th best in the country last year. Uh, DJ Jeffries is a four-star. Lester Quinones is a four-star. Malcolm Dandridge and Damian Baugh, all four-stars. And Memphis, then, If Memphis had their full team, not even Cla- Wiseman, the big guy I think they would be like – Oh yeah, you mentioned this to me yesterday. Rajon Tucker. Yeah, what is he's in the NBA? He's in the NBA. He's got a a contract with the Jazz. He would have been a fifth year senior. He transferred from Little Rock. Yeah, and I followed him because I'm a Bucks fan, and he was on the G League team for them, and he's averaging like 30 a game for them in the G League. God, and he was just like, if he was still, he, I mean, I feel like he would probably be like favorite for Conference Player of the Year if he was like playing Penny Hardaway's system. The way he, if you watch him play, he's just like six five, super athletic, mm -hmm. really good dribble, really good off the dribble, good three point shooter. He'd be average, you know. Like maybe twenty a game, just crazy dunks all the time. Yeah, I mean they could have had him, two five star guys, and then all these four stars. That's incredible. And like they, I mean they have a good record. What are they? Fourteen and three. Yeah, no, they'll um, be like a five. Like I feel like they'll be like a four or five seed. Yeah, I mean, man, like they could still get up there. I don't know, but uh, I, I was, mean, in their game against Wichita, they just didn't look very good. And now Wichita's lost their last several or well, last two, two so i think a, a guy like rajon tucker would have helped them because yeah. they don't really have much perimeter creation right exactly they're just huge and athletic yeah yeah i mean they've just got talent all around and then the guy who's not a recruit from last year that's still really interesting for them is alex lomax and that guy played on penny hardaway's aau team in memphis um in high school and originally committed to wichita state and then when penny hardaway hardaway got the job um he decommitted which was all kinds of drama in wichita and then um transferred to memphis and he's been good. I don't know. I don't know if he starts for them. I can't remember, but he does get a lot of minutes. Uh, so he's he's a solid player too. Um, on the UConn side, the four star guys, Altariq Gilbert, who's not from last year. He's been on the team the last like three years or something like that. But um, he was the number thirty two overall player in his class and hasn't lived up to the hype. I don't think that's really his fault. I think it, like he's been hurt a lot uh, throughout his career, which is a bummer because he's a good player. I mean, it's good for us, but. Um, he is he's a, he's a good player, but he hasn't been playing this year. Even though he hasn't he's been playing well this year. I mean, even though he hasn't really been uh, hurt. Um, James Bonite, sixty six nationally, four star guy, three point shooter. Uh, Pat mentioned Acock Acock, four star guy, twenty seventh in the country in block percentage. 
And then their other kind of names to watch out for are Christian Vital, kind of is their team leader in all, all kinds of ways. He's eighth in the country in steal percentage. Um, Josh Carlton, uh, 29th in the country in offensive rebound percentage. And then Tyler Polly, second in turnover rate. So they've got they've got studs, like both these teams. Lots of fun guys to watch on the court. Um, tons of talent will be on display. So definitely tune in to both of these. The Memphis one, like I mentioned, 8 o'clock Wednesday on ESPNU. And then UConn is on CBS Sports Network. Sunday at 11 a.m. Memphis is at home, too, so if you're actually, like, in town, this is definitely a game that will be a lot of fun in everyone. Yeah, man. I mean, this might be the most talent. This might be the most talent in the Reynolds Center, like, in a a very long time. I'm trying to think of who the most talented team. Like, Houston last year had a ton of talent. Like, I don't know if... On a pure, like, recruiting star basis, this is probably the most talented team maybe that's ever played in the Reynolds Center. I, I don't know who else would be. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure uh, there is K, somebody. Like K-State last year, but that's probably not even on the same <laughs> level as Memphis's class from yeah, this past year. So. Yeah, um, it'd be, yeah it's gonna be it's going to be a fun one. So definitely come out if you can. We'll be there. Find us. Eh, don't find us. <laughs> find, find only Pat. Yeah, just Pat. I'll be the white guy. <laughs> Um, okay, anything else we want to touch on with uh, Memphis or UConn this week? No. No, I think we, we sweep. Cool. I think we sweep. I like it. Just move on. Don't Boom, even need to address it. Just, just what I'm saying. Okay, so what do you think, Pat? I think we go 1-1. One, one. I'm not sure which way yet, though. Okay. Um, it's I don't know. This could go any any direction, honestly. I would be surprised with no results. Uh, I if I were to predict one though, both, I think um, both games get canceled. No results. That would surprise me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man. Um. Yeah, I think we go one and one. I'm gonna stick with. I think we beat uh, Memphis at home on Wednesday, and we lose to UConn on the road. I didn't Same go with way. my gut last time. I'm going with my gut this time. Two and zero, oh, baby. I can see it. I can see it. That would be that'd be awesome. We'd be legit contenders in the conference if we're, this if we're team, six and one after this. I week. think we do this and then we lose to Central Florida and South Florida later Naturally. this year. As, yeah. as you as you do, you know. This team does remind me of the team two years ago when it was uh it was Jeffrey's first year and there's just like no expectations and we just ended up being better than we thought. Uh, yeah. who was that guy? Sounds like Pat Burt. Junior E two. No, Pat oh, yeah, is junior E two senior year. Okay, yeah. Um and it's like Taplin's Taplin had a really good year that yeah, year. Yeah, that was that was like Taplin's prime year. Yeah. Then he got hurt and we he missed a Cincinnati game that we lost. But yeah, uh, um, so that that team was just like everybody's like oh what, like whatever oh then they're better than we thought. Then yeah. the next year they sucked. Right. Um. So it feels like that. I think Frank Hayes exceeds when there's no expectations. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's uh. I feel like that's consistent with his track record. So. Not not even no expectation. Oh man, I shouldn't have started that mid yawn. Not even when there's no expect like the expectations were low like they thought we were going to be bad. So it's like negative expectation. Yeah, that. Tenth, Not right? even like tenth a middle of the pack. People thought we were going to be awful. Yeah. As usual, except even worse this year. Uh, okay. So just a little, let's run around the conference real quick. See how everybody did this last week. Um, biggest story. I think you guys, if you have another one, that's bigger, you know, whatever. Uh, this is, this is what I think is the biggest one. Wichita state. They were 15 and one, um, which is obviously not a bad thing. First in the conference overall uh, before this week, and they are really struggling now. Uh, they've lost two in a row, which you know they're still they're fifteen and three overall. So I don't know if I would call that really struggling, but to lose two in a row um, is tough. They lost a Temple by twelve, and then man, yesterday, absolutely just manhandled by Houston at home at the Roundhouse. Final score they only lost by eleven, um, but it was like a twenty point game most of that game. Uh, it was it was incredible. Uh, so I don't know what happened. I didn't get to watch it, um, or I didn't get to watch much of it. I saw like highlights and part of the game, but I didn't see the whole thing. Uh, but just to see that, like we beat Houston at home, and for Houston to go on the on the road and beat who was the top team in the conference and the best record in the conference uh, to beat them that handily is pretty impressive. I mean, it looks great for us to get that win against Houston, who is now I think Ken Palm projects Houston to be the conference champ now um, outright. So that's that was nuts. Um, I'd be I'd be surprised if that happened. But yeah, Houston's such Houston a weird has team. To go through us to win the conference. True. Houston's yeah. so much. I feel like their style of play is so much different from last year. Man, it is. I know. Which this shows, really, in my opinion, just how good of a coach Samson is. Yeah. Where he can kind of just adjust like the, the way the team plays to what the talent he has. True. But when you lose this two like great shooters in Davis and Brooks, mm-hmm. and really three, Galen Robinson too. Um, yeah. Right. 
and it's built around like basically offensive rebounding, which is kind of funny. Offensive rebounding, and I mean that Quentin Grimes can be the key to their season, man. If the, he's the Kansas transfer, yeah. If he can, he the has, other the other red shirt, the new what's that guy's name? He has dreads, number two. Oh, uh, Mills, Caleb Mills. Yeah, yeah, he's playing better than Grimes is yeah, right now. Yeah, he is. I know. And so if Grimes can pick it up, I mean he had a uh, Grimes had a great game against Wichita yesterday too. Um, and if he can pick it up and keep that going. That, I mean, that's a dangerous looking team. Yeah, I mean, he was like projected to be like a top five yeah. NBA draft pick last year. Dang. So he is, obviously has a lot of talent. He just hasn't kind of reached it yet. But you're right. I yeah. yeah. They they have like maybe not. They have the talent to pl- like to play with the top teams. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So I could see them pulling that off. Uh, so Wichita down to fifteen and three. They're three and two in the conference. I think now. Um, which pulls them out of a tie for first, which is crazy. Uh, Memphis beat Cincinnati by 11 at home, which is a nice win for them. Uh, UConn lost to Villanova, which doesn't super matter, but wanted to bring up a UConn loss. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, We're like living like the best timeline right now. Like Cincinnati and UConn are just underachieving. That's great. I know. Uh, I know. I was talking about this like two episodes ago. And it's just like everything that I want to happen is happening right now. Where <laughs> Tulsa's winning in the conference. All the teams I don't like are losing. It's yeah. wonderful. Um, UCF and UCF are... UCF and USF are both uh, kind of down this year also. Um, but they played the war on I-4, the rivalry game, yesterday. One-point game. I I mean, sounded very exciting. I didn't watch any of it. But uh, that was at UCF, and they, they beat the Bulls. And then the last one I've got, SMU beat Temple by 16, which is also kind of surprising. Because SMU, I don't think anybody SMU's really knows. SMU's a sleeper. I said, yeah, they're the, I feel like we're leading the conference right now, but I feel like SMU's the actual team that could actually like, make Well, it's waves. weird because like, they were really – people weren't high on them at all early this season. Well, because they, they have a similar off. situation where it's like yeah. their coach sucks. I know, I know. Uh, yeah, Jankovic. Uh, and the, but they started off like they had it, they they were like 11-1. and one, or, I don't remember what it was. I don't think 11-1. and one. But they got off to a really hot start, but they had played like nobody. And so everybody was like, "Oh, you know, they're going to come back to earth and you know lose a bunch of conference games." And they go out and the conference play. They've been they've been solid. I think they're three and two or something. Um, yeah, their best wins like Vanderbilt, not great win. Yeah, and like we yeah was that at Vanderbilt? Yeah. Okay. So it's staying out. No, really. Actually, their best win by Ken Palm is it looks like uh, Ron Hunter's old stopping ground, Georgia State. Oh yeah. That was nice. before Temple. Temple. So non-conference one. I mean. Okay. Um, was the Temple? Did they beat Temple at Temple or was that at SMU? It was at SMU. Okay. So, yeah. Still. But 16 points. And I mean, they, they lost to East Carolina, which is pretty bad. Yeah, right. Yeah, that was right before we played East Carolina. They beat SMU. Um, yeah, just a weird team. I still don't know what to think of them. Um, we'll see. But they've always got some, some they got, athletes. Uh, they always beat us. I mean, they're going to beat us probably because they do every I mean, they year. got that Tulsa kid that I think Shagwa is still on that team, right? He is. Yeah, he's like the only kind of remaining I mean, they for so many years they just had like great players. Yeah. Like they have a lot of NBA guys. Yeah. Um. I was gonna the one year they lost to USC in the first round. Like they were like 16 on Kempom. Dang. Yeah. Wow. They, they've had like some really good yeah. teams, but yeah, it's kind of gone downhill recruiting wise. Yeah, for sure. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Jankovic gets fired pretty soon. I mean, not like mid-season or anything. Yeah, they have money, so they can do it. Yeah. Right. Uh. Okay. So. Moving on, I do. So this is not related to Tulsa specifically as much, but I do want to talk about it. So there was a uh, a lot of news, a lot of rumors, not news really, a lot of rumors about Boise State in general, and really exciting. Uh, rumors are always fun, so I definitely want to talk about it. Um, the story is this: the Mountain West has a new TV deal starting, I think, next year, maybe I don't remember, um, and it's with CBS and Fox. And Boise is not happy with the deal. They Currently, if you don't know, um, they have their own kind of separate negotiation deal with the Mountain West that pays them more money than all the other schools. It's not a, it's not a, you know, equal. Across it's kind of like board. a Texas, Oklahoma, Big Twelve exactly. kind of thing, right? Yeah. Um, so they get more money than everybody else in the conference, and that's kind of why they joined. They they needed that. Um, so the Mountain West deal that was just signed is fine. There's no change to that. But the Mountain West came out and said that. This is the last deal they're going to make that includes a, a like separate negotiation for Boise. So obviously that upset Boise. Um, they put out a statement. Boise State did administration uh, saying the new deal like this year is fine, yada yada yada, whatever. Um, but the final paragraph is what is like sounding the alarms for possible conference realignment for Boise State. So this is what the last paragraph said. The Mountain West stated that this was the last time our deal would be negotiated separately. However, 
Boise State's decision to join the conference was predicated on a number of negotiated provisions, including the right to a separately negotiated material terms of media rights relating to our home games. This is stated in our conference agreement and cannot be changed by any vote of the membership or conflicting agreement. We will not support any change to this provision and are in the process of weighing our options to move forward. So, blatantly says that they're uh, like looking for other alternatives here. So, here's my scenario. Dream scenario. I'd be, I'd be hyped, I think. Um, I'm hyped in my own little mind right now, though. Uh, so, we add Boise State. They come to the American. Full member. We add BYU to the American. Independent right now. Full member. And we add Air Force to the American. Or Colorado State from the Mountain West. Um, Air Force is already also Mountain West. All three, full member. For sake of this argument, we're going to go with Air Force because I'd rather have them because, uh, man, having the Navy Air Force thing in the conference would be awesome. Uh, Boise State, in terms of basketball, 119 in Ken Palm right now. BYU, 30 in Ken Palm right now. Air Force, 167. Colorado State is 100 in Ken Palm. Um, so Air Force, if we want all three of these to be full members, basketball and football, um, Air Force much better. I was looking at the other like military service academies for basketball Ken Palm numbers. Uh, Air Force is easily the best. Like Navy is like 300 something and Army is like 200, low 200s. Um, so let's assume Boise State, BYU, Air Force join in. Uh, really would suck for geography. So like mm-hmm. the uh, if you if you count like currently the way the American is right now um, without any of these additions. And with the departure of UConn next year, uh, if you count Cincy and Temple as like outliers, there's kind of a clear concentration like in the South Central ish mm-hmm. region, you know. And even Cincinnati's not that far of an out. Temple would be the big, is yeah. like the biggest outlier. Yeah, Cincinnati's way, not way. that far. True. Further north, but still. So really, it's not it's not a terrible right now. But man, you add in Boise, BYU, and Air Force, all of a sudden we're way on the west. So now you've got all the way from Philadelphia to. Idaho, I guess, would be the furthest west, right? Um, right, but the point, I guess, there is a point to be made that if you had more than one, then it's not so much like you could. Oh no, I guess that makes sense for like professional sports teams. You could do multiple trips around, but yeah. you can't do that in college. You can't just like skip. Right. So weeks. that is clearly a downside. But I still love the idea. Here's how this would adding those three, and we lose UConn, would get us back to a 14-team conference in football. Right. Here's how it could look. For the West, Tulsa, Houston, SMU, Tulane, and then all the additions, right? So Boise, BYU, and Air Force all in the West. So mm-hmm. we're kind of, yeah, a little yeah. half. And then on the East, you got the normal, basically all the same. So UCF, USF, Temple, Cincy, Memphis, ECU, and Navy. And it kind you'd of ha- sucks. You'd have to have it. I don't Navy, like having Navy, Air Force. Exactly. Still That's have what I was to just going to say. You'd have to have some kind of thing where they always play each other because you can't not have that. Right, it's like literally they need to play for the Commanders and Chiefs trophy, um, but you can't put Air Force in the East, or you have to keep Navy in the West or something. I don't know, but it sucks that Navy's in the West right now because they they're not even close. They have to travel so far for their West games, um, so they belong in the East, and Air Force belongs in the West. So maybe you could just have some kind of setup where they always play each other. Um, but with that setup, that wouldn't be too terrible, and it would be awesome, oh, so nice to have Boise State in this conference. Um, just locks up. It wouldn't be too terrible from a football, like because you'd be playing people more geographically close. But from basketball and all the other sports, yeah, I know. that's where the issue comes in because they'd have to travel a lot more. Yeah, I know. It's uh, that's the problem. So yeah, the basketball league um, would be all basically all that same teams except you replace Navy with Wichita, and you're still at a 14 team league. But man, you are all over the country now, and you've got to go to all those all those schools every year. Uh, so that that part's <laughs> harder. Um, the basketball sell. Not as easy. Football is easier to sell. Um, but, man, that would make traveling in the American pretty tough in an already pretty spread out conference uh, if you, you know, include all the teams. So, I don't know. What Would you guys want Boise slash all three of those or different teams to join? you want to stick at 11 or what do you think? I don't, I don't think it's in the best interest of the conference to add three teams at once, personally. Yeah. I feel like... I don't know. I feel like that could, especially, I mean, you'd have to negotiate, renegotiate the TV deal right away from that because if we're all of a sudden splitting money yeah, that true. was supposed to go for 12 amongst 14 slash maybe 15 because I don't know how Good it works point. with Wichita State. Yeah. Sucks. And so it hurts us. And then it pisses off teams like Houston, UCF. Yeah. Get less um, 
definitely Boise should not be allowed to negotiate their own no contract. Way. They yeah. should be equal member with everybody else. And I understand they do it yeah. now because they're so much. They're a much bigger brand than the Mountain West in general. I don't think. Um, I don't think. But I think. I think if you add a Boise own. State, I think, like, I mean, I think especially Boise State and a BYU, that helps the negotiating power of the conference at the very least. So if you mm-hmm. negotiate a different TV deal, you should get better terms. But, I mean, at that point, we are we have, uh, we have would have officially locked down the Power Six as, like, exactly. the best non-Power Five yeah. without, like, there, there'd essentially be no question. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're taking all the best things from the other, the other G5s. So, so, I mean, it would be... Just from a branding perspective, would look awesome. From an actual like logistics perspective of financially and travel and all that stuff, that is tougher. I don't know how great it would look branding wise because they're still not like if you had Boise State. Boise State's good at football, blah blah. blah. Yeah, that it's just there's so it just it just reminds me so much of the conference USA where it's just like I still like the geographic things to make sense and it's yeah. like oh who all these teams play each other but they, there's no history still yeah. There's no rivalry with nobody has any sort of rivalry with Boise State. I mean, that's already kind of how it is in the American right now. It's all just a kind I mean, of a weird amalgamation yeah, of teams. If you do it's, that, it's still young. Of... It's still young in league history too. So if we're trying to build this from the baseline, we're only what six six years in, seven years yeah. in the conference. So you know, you start now. Yeah. And you, the we, question is, how long is how long do people think like conferences are still gonna like the American will actually exist? Is the does it like survive the test of time? Like all the power conferences. Well, I mean, this could be the... this could also be just a mitigation strategy for when Houston and UCF inevitably almost get poached by somebody, and then we've still got Boise and BYU hanging around. Who's gonna poach oh. UCF? I always wonder that. I don't know. Maybe Houston okay. makes more sense. Pac-12. Houston Big Twelve. Well, Houston apparently Houston. Pac Twelve is like one that's because nobody nobody in the Big Twelve. At them. Oh really? None yeah. of the Texas schools want Houston in the Big Twelve. Why? Like tech, just because they don't want like people competing with them inside their own conference oh, for recruiting and stuff yeah um, uh. and then none of the florida schools like nobody in the acc or sec wants ucf because they all all the florida schools well, that's what i'm wondering like the sec and the acc do not need teams yeah they yeah. have 14 i guess pac-12 would make sense pac-12 is going to take houston and ucf <laughs> okay that makes sense it's that's the, the only thing that the, the pac-14 but one school is literally on the atlantic ocean <laughs> yeah i know or golf and mexico whatever right. you know. it's, yeah, it's orlando orlando's not even yeah. uh on the coast it's inland florida actually no it would make sense now you say it. so they're orlando if we add byu that would make sense because mormons love orlando if you guys ever seen book of mormon there's a song specifically about orlando i've not so that that mad of you no oh, come on okay i'll play it right now but it's like uh <laughs> or i could sing it for you orlando I love you. And even like, I don't know if Boise has, I know the state of Idaho has a lot of Mormons too. So, um, I think it'd be great from a branding. I mean, the Boise, Boise state, I'd say they're the strongest brand in the G five, even like bigger than UCF or Houston so far. I like, they've been, they've been doing so well for so long, at least on the, on just the football Yeah. It's cause they were the first to like kind of break through You had Boise and you had like TCU kind of yeah. come at the same time. And then right. TCU parlayed that into a, power five membership and boise never could i mean boise i I can't remember i i saw the stat during football season like they've been i think they've had i don't remember what it was it was either a bowl game or like nine wins or more and like the streak of that and i think it was nine wins or more but man it's been since like 90s or something like it was a long time i'm probably butchering the stat but some historically significant thing uh that was really really impressive for boise state this just shows how long they've been consistently just very solid on the football field so it'd be cool, but man, it would be a, a struggle for travel. I, I wonder know. how much the buyout would be to get them from their yeah. conference into the American. Probably not as much now that they're being up front with looking yeah, for Yeah, BYU has all the issues with that. Like they try to go to conferences, but a lot of conferences don't want the just the whole look of you have to deal with the honor code system. Oh, a yeah, lot of true. people get upset with that. Um I mean, because you had that, and it's the same thing. Like, a lot of people don't want Liberty. Yeah, yeah. Liberty's like 10 times worse. Right. But yeah, <laughs> but you know, it's the same. Yeah, same concept. kind of same issues. Yeah. Thinking of teams that the American might lose, we were talking about UCF. I wonder if, like, UCF and USF are like a package deal. I'm sure USF wants that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that's what I was going to say. Like, I, I don't know. Well, I, I feel like U- UCF in, likes in U- the rivalry. In though. USF's defense, they've like before like three years ago they were a lot better than ucf yeah historically so yeah uh, ucf is like a young school that's just like 
coming into its own though it's like they're gonna they're yeah, gonna didn't stick they, around didn't the university like get formed in like the, the late 90s. 80s or early I thought it was 90s or like something? 90s i yeah. thought they were like 20 this is like this old, is what like 25. grand canyon university is trying grand canyon <laughs> university looks <laughs> at like UCF. ucf yeah, yeah. Well, except Grand Canyon's like a privately funded like they used they, it for profit. They're not anymore. Okay, but they're still well. They're still privately funded. They're not public, are they? Oh, I don't know. UCF is it's a weird place. Public university. Yeah. <laughs> um, Arizona in general. Yeah. So I'm looking at top 25 finishes for Boise State. They have the last time they didn't finish in the top 25 was 2016, but they basically do it almost every year. They're very good at football, yeah, right. but they've also been much worse since about 2014. Like they haven't been, they haven't finished in the top 20. Um, yeah. So it's a long days from the Kellen Moore, <laughs> um, like, you know, undefeated seasons and stuff right. like that. Yeah, that's true. Still really, really a solid team would be an awesome addition to the conversation talent wise and, and brand wise, but, uh, logistics wise, I don't know if it makes as much sense. Um, but it's, it's fun to think about just kind of possible situations that could, that could roll out of this. Um, maybe they'll get picked up by a Power 5 conference. I have no idea. But maybe they'll just stick around in the Mountain West. Yeah, wouldn't Pac-12, wouldn't Boise State wait, make way more sense for the Pac-12 than Houston? Or does Houston just have a bigger brand? I don't know. I don't know why. Like, it's gotten holding Houston, guys. Houston's a bigger, I mean, a lot of it also comes down to, like, market share. And so Houston has a much bigger, like, TV audience yeah, that they yeah, can bring yeah. in. That Boise sure. just, like, what is the the population of Boise is, like, 200-something thousand, which is, like, 99th in the country. And Houston's upwards of yeah, multiple the, millions. The city is, too. But it's not like everybody in Houston likes Houston. Right. But it doesn't really matter. It's yeah. like Rutgers was brought into the Big Ten because it's the New York market. And which how many is people in New York bullshit, actually watch yeah. Rutgers? It's because <laughs> yeah. they're in New Jersey. So it's the same thing. Nobody cares if people actually watch you. It allows you to put your games on that, like in that area. That's the thing. Yeah. 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 Yep. All righty. Uh, anything else? You guys want to. That's the last thing I kind of had on the agenda, but we can talk about whatever else if you guys got other stuff no nope. sad you're sad yeah i'm sad about football just my football i was telling Dude, you it was it's like gonna my, be a good year next year I'm well not you. even not even tulsa football but this has been like the most miserable football season for me just like so many heartbreaks like smu disaster navy disaster <laughs> uh and then you know i was i'm a ravens fan and i got like i was nervous after the Patriots lost to the Titans. And I was like, you know, Titans seems kind of scary just because. And then last week, God. True. Why were you sad about SMU? After we lost to SMU? Oh, I thought you were talking about like how their season ended oh, up. Oh, no, God, fuck. Okay. I was very, sorry. Just drop the F-bomb there. Uh, <laughs> no, I was, I'm glad they lost. I hate SMU. Yeah. No, after that 30-9 to yeah. loss. I thought you were saying you were sad that they lost their bug. And I was like, Matt, this is no. so unlike you. No, I was, I was happy for that. I, definitely root against teams in the conference so i think i'm just bad luck so maybe i should not be a tulsa fan next year for football not allowed next year's the year man conference champs probably not i, I mean it's it's got to right what i'm worried more about what's after next year if next year if next year's not the year then it's, our defense is going to be so much worse and i don't exactly believe it's Zach smith really if, if yep. so next year well i mean Thanks. like next year is our best shot because, I mean, we've already said, obviously, like, the ultimatum has come down. And so if we yeah. don't do well, it's essentially a clean slate where yeah. we would have to get rid of everything. And then it would be, like, another couple of years of building the program <laughs> up, which, uh True. You know what I saw the other day? I was reading an article about Matt Rule, who got hired by the Panthers. Yeah. Greatest uh, career trajectory ever. Yeah. And who was in that photo with him? Zach Smith. Ooh. At Baylor. Yeah. <laughs> so you- that's, like, Zach Smith's claim to fame now. Yeah. He was in, like, a... He's in a photo with Matt Rule. No, he's going to be Commerce Player of the Year next year. Uh, no, he's not. I believe in our skill players, and I think our yeah. offensive line will be significantly better. Our True. tight end group is amazing. Our what? Tight end group. Oh, man, yeah, dude. Eight of, it, seven of them, I think, now. I agree. Grayson Boomer. But no, 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 I agree. It's amazing, that Juco guy. Yeah. When's the last time a tight end for Tulsa has, like, I was about to say, Cole Neff, fuck you, um, has done anything, <laughs> like, he just doesn't use the tight ends well. It's like it's well, like, like he, I feel like it's like if we were, it's like if we recruited like a bunch of running backs that were great pass catchers. <laughs> yeah. It's just like oh, well, is he going to suddenly change the playbook? 
probably, I mean, you got You got to use the talent. Like, so we'll see if he doesn't, if Grayson isn't a big part of the offense this year, that's a mistake, obviously. Um, but like Shamari Brooks, he's not, not a it, pass catcher. Is Grayson Boomer allowed to play next year? I don't know. I doubt he's a transfer. So I, I figured he had to sit out a year. I have no idea. That's a good point. Yeah. The guy from Juco looks really good too, though. Yeah. All righty. Um, let's close it up there. We're right at an hour. Uh, all right. If you like the show, Please share it on Twitter or tell a friend about it and or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That would be really awesome. Uh, if you want to support us, you can leave us... There are two ways now. Um, you can leave us a one-time donation at paypal.me slash thegoldenhurricast or you can sign up for a monthly donation at... Or a monthly subscription, I suppose, at anchor.fm slash thegoldenhurricast and clicking on the support this podcast button. Uh, finally, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at goldenhurricast. And if you want to send us an email, you can do that. Um, our email address is thegoldenhurricast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, everybody, and we will talk to you next week. Stay golden. Hurricast.